As we get started this morning, uh, just a bit of a thought of the day, thought of the week. Um, you know, brownies, brownies are yum, right? We, we had brownies uh, yesterday, the day before. <laughs> Thinking about brownies, brownies, um, Jordan just pointed out, I put the sound pad there uh, just for, just to so say you don't actually get any rest in the service. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> perfect. Per- perfect sound person joke. Uh, so brownies, you know, interesting thought is that you don't actually make brownies, right? You make one and then you cut it up into small pieces. Have you pondered that thought before? <laughs> Change your life. There we go. There we go. Uh, and I must say, I think uh, I think somebody has been praying quite hard this week because this, uh, according to WordCounter.net, where I throw in my because <laughs> I use OneNote and whatever, um, this is probably the shortest message I've written in a few years. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, somebody's been praying extra hard. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. Like, thank you for coming. You're like, awesome, awesome. Uh, co- time for coffee. You, you guys know what's important, right? So, uh, we've got a nice graphic. Thank you to Ben. Who thinks Ben does just amazing graphic work in our church? I occasionally like dabble in Canva and. It never looks anything close to that. So uh, it takes an eye and it takes a skill and you put the two together and uh, I have neither. So thank you to Ben. Uh, But when I say minister, what comes to mind? Is it one of these? Kind of say uh, I, I did uh, grab a couple of things off Google Images, and obviously it didn't take that long to source the the quality. I reference earlier point about Canva and talent and skill, but when I say minister, do you think of one of these, uh, or maybe the pastor of a church? Uh, you might have to excuse a little bit of uh, green on the edge of these images, but we've got more than one pastor, so possibly it looks a bit more like this. I have been uh, trawling the Facebook, <laughs> uh, or possibly this one, or just go back a little bit longer and possibly this. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go into Facebook without finding something like that. Or possibly when I say minister, you might, depending on your background, you might think something like a group of these. This, this goes back, uh, this is three years old, this one. Uh, again, I spent 15 seconds on Google Images to find that one. What if I was to say a minister looks a bit more like this? Jane, Jane, Jane didn't, <laughs> Jane didn't want to, uh, she she's on screens and she was uh, refusing to put herself up there. Yeah, th- there we go. She, she, went, she went pretty quickly or a bit more like this one, this one, this person. Next one, or or the last one. <laughs> uh, that's from th- those photos are from 2017. Uh, you can go off uh, those images and my nice uh, green sides. 
But based on common usage in Christian community, uh, when we refer to uh, ministry or minister, we might often think the person that's standing here that's employed by the church and is paid to uh, look after people and preach the word. Uh, so it's often come to be identified with church-related work, maybe pastoral ministry or worship ministry. However, in the Bible, uh, the noun diakonia, uh, which means ministry, refers to a ministry or service or serving. It refers to either the waiting on uh, so waiting on others in terms of serving others or a ministry in the church. The word is used to describe several different actions in the Bible. In its most basic form, the word can refer to the simple servitude that a person would provide when someone was visiting his or her house. One great example in the Bible, we, the story of uh, Mary and Martha when Jesus is visiting. Uh, there's kind of another point about worship and Jesus being present. But in Luke 10.40, Martha was worried with, with a great deal of serving, diaconia, uh, and then in another sense, it refers to the ministry of the apostles, using the same word. In Acts one twenty five, when they choosing the replacement for Judas, which we know didn't quite uh, work out because that person was never heard from again. But <laughs> refer to uh, said message a few weeks ago about uh, making good decisions in the new year. Uh, Paul also speaks of ministry uh, that Jesus gave him to accomplish in Acts 20.24. So diakonia, please excuse my uh, ancient Greek pronunciation, it means ministry or service. The fact is we are all called to serve. Here's a question for you, which is more important, preaching a sermon or plumbing a house? I know you're probably figuring, it's kind of rhetorical, you're probably figuring, well, there's a catch. If I say one, then it's probably the other. And Yeah, I've, I've been here before. I know he's a bit weird, and so I'll just say nothing until we get the answer revealed in two minutes. Here we go. Preaching interacts with biblical history and text and brings godly counsel to our times. Ah, oh, sounds, sounds good. Through preaching, people are enabled to understand God and his ways. Through pe preaching, unbelievers hear the gospel and are one to Christ. Sin is forgiven, lives are changed, and relationships are reclaimed as people find hope and purpose in living. Ah. So I've kind of exaggerated those things, but they, 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 they happen. I've kind of added some dramatic effects just for the purpose of this illustration. But plumbing is vital too. Affording safe water, good hygiene and responsible stewardship of the earth. Plumbed houses in which Christians live out the reign of God become homes in which children hear godly counsel for their lives, where people are enabled to understand God and his ways. In Christian homes, unbelievers hear the gospel and are one to Christ. Sin is forgiven. Lives are changed and relationships are reclaimed as people find hope and purpose in living. So which is more important? Preaching a sermon or plumbing a house? The correct answer is neither. See, we are all called to minister. We are to be a minister. We are called to minister and to be a minister. You 
are uniquely placed and gifted. The kingdom of heaven is where you are. We've had series in the last two, two or three years uh, by different people talking about the kingdom of heaven being where we are and being on earth. And where we are present, that is where the kingdom of heaven is. You bring heaven into people's worlds every day. In the kingdom of God, all of life is ministry. We have ministers by title in the church. We have ministers we, uh, in this church, but we are all ministers in our own right. Our ministers, uh, our pastors, um, Chris and Vicky, are serving by loving and supporting us to in turn be ministers where one person alone cannot reach. Ephesians 4.11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people, you, me, us, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. There are appointed ministers in, in the church, pastors and teachers. They are preaching and teaching so we can be plumbing or designing, or managing, or leading, or building, or learning, or studying. If so much impact could come from one plumber doing one house over generations, what impact could come from you doing your thing in your place where you are called, where you are right now? I'm here today, very simple message to tell you you are recognised in your place. You have a, a part to play in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven advancing. You are recognised in your place for the gift that you have, for the skills that you have, for the position you have, for the time that we are in right now. Everyone has a purpose and it stretches out beyond the walls of this church. We technically have eight walls. We've got this building and the one across the road. But it stretches out. Church is not the building, it's the people. Jesus had a trade before he kind of went into his three years of dedicated ministry time. He was a carpenter's son, and depending on uh, your study and which um, uh, concordances and study guides you might have looked at, he was either a carpenter or a stonemason. He was a tradie. Jesus was equally at home shelling grain on the Sabbath, no less, uh, much to uh, the distress of people trying to take him down. Uh, he was equally at home shelling grain or out on the fields or visiting with taxation officials as he was in the synagogue teaching and being amongst religious leaders and the Jewish community. Paul who wrote significant part of the New Testament, was a tent maker as well as a church planter and a preacher. Am I saying that all ministers should go out and have a trade and make tents and chip away at stone and, and saw things and generally stick them together once you've sawn them? No. <laughs> this isn't to say there shouldn't be full-time church staff, incidentally in this church, our ministers, our two ministers aren't actually full-time. It is to say that some of the most successful ministers understood the workplace, or we might often refer to in 
Christian language, the marketplace. Not this marketplace. Jane? Not this marketplace. George is off to get her phone and find out what, what the hottest deals are and check those notifications. But out there, when we refer to the marketplace, we refer to what you do day to day, what I do day to day. Often we use the term marketplace as a kind of Christianese, Christian lingo thing, but it basically means where people trade, do business, show their skill, interact, have uh, socialise, meet, greet, everywhere. It comes from places like this in Acts 17, 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. <clears throat> so he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, emphasis mine, day by day with those who happened to be there. So Paul was traveling, and then he would go to the marketplace to meet people where they were interacting. The marketplace was the intersection of community, of society coming together. We have the intellects and the not considered intellects, the, the people who were, had something to sell, had something to buy. Of You would get all the, the different uh, segments of community coming together. Why, why do I say this? Well, Jesus, Paul, and the rest of the disciples understand what you and I go through every day. Our own pastors are what we call bivocational, have two vocations, working here at the church and doing other work with others in the community too. Me personally, I work in marketing and banking and financial services, which I never thought I would say uh, years ago, but has been a great blessing to our family in the last uh, five years. And I am uniquely positioned to be a minister where others can't. If you came into the bank and said, I'm going to be a minister, <laughs> security would uh, show you out rather quickly. But what about you? Where do you work? What's your position or place in your family? Are you a parent? Are you a son or you're clearly a son or a daughter at some point, but are you a parent? Are you a cousin? Are you an un uncle, an aunt, a grandparent? What's your place to minister? Are you at school? Are you studying? Secondary school, tertiary education, postgrad studies. And then if you feel like you're none of that or not doing any of those things specifically, well, what about your social circles? Who, who do you interact with outside of church? Who do you interact with uh, if you've got kids at school? It's the other parents. It's the people you see walking in and out of the gate each day. Even, at, even here at church, we minister to and serve each other. Looking around this room, there are people uniquely positioned to minister and make a difference in a number of different industries. We've got people in healthcare. We've got people in media and advertising. We've got people who are entrepreneurs and business leaders. We've got people, um, yeah, there's, uh, I'm thinking there's kind of a few in healthcare-related areas. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. A few that are kind of on the 
heading to retirement or have been working in defense for a number of years. <laughs> I, I, I'm not making, making assumptions about age. Yeah. My point is you are a minister. You are uniquely placed. And do you want to know who the ministers are in our church? It's not just these two. It's these fine people. And these fine people. And these. At least there's an emoji. Getting, <laughs> getting, getting licked by a dog. For, and, and these fine people. These are our dinner parties. These are our ministers. You are our ministers. You are uniquely placed for your part in the world. What does that ministry look like? It is, is it laying on hands and shouting prayers? No, not likely. Very unlikely. It is service. It is serving. It is acting Christ-like when everyone else around you isn't. It's meals and a shoulder to lean on in times of trial. It is responding to emails kindly with patience. I need to repent this week. <laughs> little side note. Do you want to just uh, empathise with me? <clears throat> I got an email at 4.57pm on Tuesday from somebody in uh, Melbourne or Sydney working on a project saying, can you do this tomorrow? I got an email at 9.59 a.m. Just following up on the email from yesterday, can you please get this done today? Oh, okay. My reply was, you've given me one business hour to complete this task. I'm pretty good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> uh, there was another instance on Monday where I... Uh, there was a lot of frustration in the project and I gave some very uh, firm, polite feedback. But, you know, I carried myself pretty well in that workplace for five years. And, uh, but occasionally, you know, things don't go perfectly. You know, I'm, I'm human, I'm human. So what, what is ministry and serving people? It's correcting conflict and doing it in the right way, speaking to people directly and saying, okay, look, sorry, like, let's resolve this and moving on, and it actually become, becomes a catalyst for good change. What does ministry look like? It's standing in upright character, and it is sharing Jesus when the opportunity pre presents. Romans 12.4, for just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not, all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. In this church community, we are a body. But if you want to see more about what the Bible says about the body, read 1 Corinthians. 
but our body doesn't stop operating outside of Sundays or Wednesday night dinner party or on the weekend or any other time you meet with church people or have a conversation. You can bring your gifts to the place where you are uniquely positioned to minister. You can bring encouragement to your workplace. You can serve people you're studying with. You can teach, you can lead, you can be generous. When the world around people is saying, hold on to your money, you can lead by example and you can show mercy when people need mercy the most. And a final, uh, I'll hold that to next week. And can't, can't, can't do that. I'll add that to the other thing I was going to say next week. But I'll just ask George to come up, please. But every week we provide, we want to provide the opportunity for people to make a decision to follow Jesus, to accept his sacrifice, his forgiveness of sins. And I just want to take the opportunity in that moment now to, to do that. I would love to pray with you after this, after the service. If you are online, there'll be a raise hand button in the chat where our chat hosts would love to pray with you privately. It's a simple prayer. Sorry, thank you, please. Sorry for the things I've done. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your sacrifice. And please come into my heart and I give you my life. I'd love to pray that with you. It could be somebody you came with, you could pray that as well. We're all ministers. We're all capable of ministering to each other. Now, I thought maybe we'd finish a song, but uh, sometimes what I write and what I, I ad-libbed a bit. So the prayers, like I cut back in, into some of your prayer about it being a shorter message. But next week, this is really just a bit of a platform for some juicy stuff next week. I want to discuss some questions about the role of the individual and the organisation in ministry. What's the individual's responsibility and what's the organisation's responsibility? And such, question, such questions as can Christians be leaders in business and corporations and entities or government agencies that are committed to many non-Christian values? How do you handle that? How do you walk through that? You're called to minister. We've covered that this morning. You're uniquely positioned with a skill set that I don't have, with relational abilities that I don't have, connections I don't have. What happens if that organisation or that place is showing many non-Christian values? We're going to look at the life of Daniel as some examples of what to walk through and discuss about uh, leading in secular spaces and being a leader uh, in the marketplace outside of this church community that we have. So hopefully it's piqued a little bit of interest for next week. But I just want to remind you, the point of this morning is you are a minister. We are all ministers. 
You're gifted. You're positioned uniquely in the place where you are to bring the kingdom of heaven to your workplace, to your family, to the place you are studying, the place you spend the majority of your time. Yeah, I probably spend more time talking to some of my colleagues than I do to my wife. <laughs> and I'm working from home so she can keep an account of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, Spend more time with colleagues than you do with family sometimes, or more of your waking time uh, doing work than not doing work, depending on the situation. But it's awesome. You are a minister. You are empowered. We're all ministers. To be encouraged that you are, you are where you are for a reason. And if you're finding that difficult, we'll explore that next week. But. You are where you are for a reason because you have skills, you have experience. Jesus wants you there and you're going to make an impact.